It's time for Carolina Blitz, the freshest coverage of Carolina sports and entertainment. Hosted by founder and editor-in-chief, Bash Ty Hurt. She don't play games. She covers them. Thank you for tuning in to Carolina Blitz on ESPN 730 The Game. My name is Bash Ty Hurt. I am your hostess with the mostest, also founder and editor-in-chief of Carolina Blitz. Carolina Blitz is a website, a brand dedicated to finding fresh and compelling news stories in and outside of traditional sports and reporting and sharing them with you guys, the fans and the listeners in a way that's entertaining and fun. Now we're a credentialed media outlet. We cover the Carolina Panthers, Duke Blue Devils, UNC, NC State and more. So make sure you're going to carolinablitz.com and keep up to date with all of the great content that we share. We're happy to bring our brand from our website to 730 The Game. If you follow us, you know we do things differently. So each week we have a new guest co-host. So if you're interested in being a guest co-host, please hit up our DMs, which are open. All right. This week, I am happy to have Vince D with us on Carolina Blitz, the radio show. Vince at V D U D N D U D U N V D done, I guess <laughs> on Twitter. Vince is a local real estate agent. He's a filmmaker. Vince, thanks for being with us. Just briefly, tell us about yourself, the teams you're a fan of, and then kind of how you became to, to came to like them. Okay, so first off, I appreciate you for having me on and all that good stuff. So hope I can give you guys some good content today. But, you know, just like you said, uh, my name is uh, Vince Dunlap. I'm a real estate agent here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Um, I'm a budding uh, YouTuber. So if you want to follow my page at... Uh, Vince D. And as far as my sports teams, um, I'm a Tar Heel basketball fan. Unfortunately, I'm a Tar Heel football fan, but Mac Brown is kind of like changing the perception there. Definitely. And um, I'm a Hornets fan, unfortunately. And I used to be a Carolina Panthers fan, but I am no longer a Panthers fan. Wait, wait, I, wait. Used to be. I used to be a Panthers fan. But yeah, I gave up. I gave up my fandom. Uh, after the way they unceremoniously uh, kicked Cam Newton to the curb. That was like the final straw for me. You'll be back. Now, I don't think so. And, and, and for the other people that are listening, because I know Panthers Twitter is going to come and try and roast me. Mm. Uh, I was not what they call a camther and all that good stuff. I've been a, I was a Panthers fan from day one, and we watched the organization make not so bright move after move mm-hmm. after move and how they treated their players. Then they had, you had the whole Richardson debacle and all that. And when the way that they treated Cam Newton, I just felt like more so on a morality integrity level. I wow. Just, it's I deep, just, huh? Morality I, and integrity. I just felt like it was low down. And me personally, I just said that I couldn't affiliate myself with something like that. So I still watch the games if I'm home. Cause I live here in Charlotte. All my friends are Panthers fans, but Personally, no, no Panthers fan for me. I, I'm calling Cat, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're just now listening, you're tuned into Carolina Blitz, the radio show on ESPN 7:30. Speaking with Vince D again, YouTuber, uh, filmmaker, real estate agent, uh, Hornets fan, Tar Heel fan, and former. Panthers fan. Panthers <laughs> fan, no former Cat. He's he's capping. Well, since you do watch the games. And I'm sure you keep up with the team. We're going to talk about the Panthers. The Panthers finished 5-11. and uh, There have been mixed reviews about Carolina's performance this season. We're going to give a couple of grades. But how would you describe this past 
year. Did the Panthers meet or exceed your expectations? To be honest with you, they exceeded my expectations. Okay. Um, I predict, and this is more emotional than anything, but I predict the Carolina winning three games last year. And they ended up winning five. And even in a lot of the games that they did uh, lose, Mm -hmm. they actually played pretty good. They were pretty doggone competitive in a lot of their games. So they exceeded my expectations. And then given the mass exodus of players that we had in the offseason and so many new players coming in, the coaching staff and all that good stuff, they actually played better than what their record was, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I think that they exceeded my expectations. My expectations were pretty low as well, especially – with all of the change during the offseason, you know, I don't really put much stock in college coaches coming over to the NFL or I hadn't. And we'll talk about that when we give grades. But, I, you know, I didn't really give a I really don't do well with predictions, but I would not have been surprised if the Panthers only won three games. Okay. Uh, and then but not that the not that they won five games to me. It's the fact that it's how they performed in those games. Like okay. I did not expect the Panthers to hang with kansas city the way that they did and they did so, they did yeah and so in in times like that i'm like whoa you know and then you like to see the defense which was young improve as the season uh, uh went along so those are all those were all positive and i was i would agree i would say that they exceeded my expectations so matt rule first year as nfl head coach what grade would you give him a b c d or f b minus okay I give him a B minus. Um, he, in my opinion, again, did better than what I thought he was going to mm-hmm. do. But I do believe he came in a little bit over in, um, he was a little bit over his head here in Carolina, considering his coaching resume. And then also uh, given the reputation that college coaches don't do too good on the NFL level, uh, my expectations weren't too high of him. And you see some of my comments on Twitter, just listening to this guy talk in the off season, I was like, man, this guy's, Full of crap, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, a lot of people, a lot of people, and, and and I mean that in strictly a football sense. I'm not, yes, yeah, I'm not yeah, packing his character, okay. But as a football coach, I was like, nah, he's only gonna be here for two or three seasons. But I think he did a little bit better. Now, I want to say something. The very last game, I think this was in the first half. It was fourth and one, and I think they ended up going going for it on fourth and one. And the commentators were just praising Matt Rule for going for it because um, he's trying to, like, change the culture of Carolina and all that. I didn't like that narrative because if you want to change the culture, the culture should not be if it's fourth and one, we're going to go for it. The culture should be we have three other chances to make the first down. So let's make it on these three chances. Yeah, okay. And if we get to fourth down, we're going to punt it because you should work harder the next time. I, I, I necessarily didn't like that from the commentators last week, but um, overall, Matt Rule, um, I give him a B minus, which is a lot better than what I would have given him a couple months ago. Yeah, and I, don't, I think that Matt Rule was more willing to roll the dice on some of those calls um, offensively, specifically, because, and even like the, uh, the, the couple of fake punts that they did in, earlier in the season, because... <laughs> He knew that the expectations coming into this year weren't really that high. So he was able to roll the dice. I actually don't mind rolling that dice, but I do like that mentality that you had. If you're if you're becoming a women, winning culture, then you win first, second, and third down. And you don't put yourself in the situation where you have to go for it on fourth and one. But I do like a coach who has the cojones to go for it on fourth and one when it when it gets to Depending that point. The game. Yeah. Yes. Real quick, before you move on, I want to ask you a question. 
what do you, how do you feel, um, what is there to say if you say that the Panthers exceeded your expectations? What does that say about the Panthers themselves? They won five games and you say, because you actually covered them. Mm-hmm. They exceeded your expectations. What does that say about the state of the organization in your opinion? I don't know if them exceeding my expectations this year was about the organization. I think it was just more so about all of the change that occurred. So you lose Luke Keekley unexpectedly. Okay. Uh, you have Christian McCaffrey who who's been injured and that that wasn't the expectation going into the season, but it's just how it played out. Uh, Matt rule again, I, I coming into this year, I had absolutely no faith in college coaches going from <laughs> um, the college to the in, to the NFL. So those factors there were were contributed to me having lower expectations or them being able to exceed my expectations this year. It wasn't and that's not necessarily a franchise or, you know, culture is kind of this catch word that I think is kind of lame. It wasn't it wasn't concerning that it was more so a lot of flux at a lot of important positions. And then I wasn't sure about Matt Rule. My grade for Matt Rule would be a B plus. Okay. Uh, because I, I mean, two A would be too generous, but I like the I like the fact that the Panthers were a lot more competitive than I expected them to be. Um, I don't like the whole culture thing. I just think it's I just think it's a, a lazy term. So I'm not going to use the culture. But he seems I as well was not falling for the rah rah Reverend Rule type spiel that I saw at the beginning. Yeah. So I was like, mm, okay, well, he's a motivator, but these are grown men and, exactly. uh, you know, they have kids and families and <laughs> money and you're not motivating college kids who want to make it to the league. These are grown men who have already made it to the league. So how is that going to translate? And I think that I don't think the way that he speaks to us is necessarily how he speaks to his players yeah. because the players aren't going to go for that. Oh, you know, all that all that motivational stuff like okay what's this play like what is our game plan because we want to win this game so I think that I think that how he talks to us and speaks to us and as media members and then also as a public maybe a little different than how he handles his players and it showed on the field um and so I was I'll give him a b plus I was I was pleasantly surprised by him real quick uh Teddy Bridgewater what grade would you give Teddy Bridgewater Oh, my gosh. 0-8 on game-winning drives. Rule said his play declined after the Tampa Bay game. They tried to say it was due to an injury, but what kind of grade would you give him? I'm going to I'm gonna have to give Teddy Bridgewater a C plus. Oh, and, that's okay. And and I am a Teddy Bridgewater fan. Um, I've said it from the start. You're one of the only Teddy Bridgewater fans in Charlotte, then. Yeah, I am a Teddy because 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 I watch more than Carolina Panther football, and I saw Teddy Bridgewater before he came to Carolina because the Panthers fan base, most of them didn't even know who he was until he came here. I think people knew who Teddy Bridgewater yeah. was. Every Dr. every they knew who Teddy Bridgewater was. They Dr. saw they saw Teddy Bridgewater come to in New Orleans and play those. Like they knew who Teddy Bridgewater was. But and I watched Teddy before the injury in Minnesota. Okay, so I have to give him a C plus because I believe that he was put into a lose lose situation no matter what. I'm actually on Twitter when he first got picked up, basically saying that the Panthers are going to have a bad year this year and he's going to shoulder most of the blame of it. However, 
he didn't do himself justice. There were he 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 threw so many picks that should have not been picks, so many air passes, so many bad mistakes that that were unbecoming of the Teddy Bridgewater they had watched before. I cannot in good conscience give him anything better than a C plus. Well, to me, a C plus is a good is not bad. Like I'm surprised you just trashed him low key about the pigs and the errant passes. And you didn't even mention the check downs, but, and then you give him a C plus, which is but, passing. But can, can we criticize him for the check downs? Because we, the two, yes, the two yes, we can. But the two quarterbacks before him were check down quarterbacks as well. Allen and Cam Newton checked down multiple times. And then Teddy Bridgewater just had three. No, no, relax, Vince. Relax. I they know both, had, Cam was never known as a check down he, quarterback. He was not. He's not known as a check down quarterback, but he took plenty of criticism for constantly dumping it off the McCaffrey. He took plenty of criticism for it. Couldn't maybe, maybe Allen, but I, I don't I don't know about that. I don't I don't know about that. I, okay. My grade for Teddy is a okay. D. I, wow. A D. And it, it low key might be a D minus, but I'm gonna give him a D because you come in, he talked very I mean, he knew what he had to do. He knew he said he knew people didn't like him. He knew he came into a messed up situation with the team who got rid of their franchise quarterback in a way that a lot of people did not like. He even said the way that I'm going to win over this fan base is to win games. And what do you do? You come out and you go 0 and 8 on game winning drives. Like you check down on fourth and fourth and four and fourth and three and you throw the ball to the one yard line. Like in situations like that, that like there were far too many. There were far too many. And there were there was miscommunication. A lot of I was saying this the other day on Quick Blitz podcast. There were a couple of times where he could have connected with DJ Moore for like surefire touchdowns. And he did not, he was not able to do that. So you bring in Teddy, he's supposed to be resurrecting his career as a starter um, and a great story, but you might as well have rolled the dice on cam. If you're going to pay them the same amount of money and, and bring in Teddy Bridgewater to play at a D level. So no, now, now, so from what I'm hearing and what I've seen, are we basically criticizing Teddy Bridgewater mainly because it's oh. fourth quarter play. Uh well, well, okay. Well, Vince brings up a good question. If you're just not tuning in, you're listening to Carolina Blitz, the radio show on ESPN 730. Um the answer to your question is yes. <laughs> I mean, first of all, when you're when you're when big time players, franchise players, on, I don't care whatever sport you play, whether you play baseball, whether you play basketball, whether you play football, what you do on a couple of things are, are, are Phil Snow called third down the money down. Why? Because that's the down where either you get the, the, uh, the opposing team off the field or you keep your drive going. Yeah. And for quarterbacks, the best quarterbacks that you run down, they get it done in the fourth quarter. They win game winning drives. They don't trick it off. So, yes, I mean, if you wet the bet, you could play outstandingly the first three quarters. I really don't care. Oh, man. <laughs> don't care. If in the fourth quarter, I give you the defense gives you the ball and you can't, you are O of eight. Absolutely. No. And again, I'm not absolving him from the O and eight on the game winning drives, 
but you're not in a position to even be in a game-winning drive if you don't play well those first three quarters. That doesn't matter if you trick it off at the end. It oh. doesn't matter. It now, doesn't matter. He, he what's Michael Jordan? What's Michael Jordan without game-winning shots? What's Kobe Bryant without game-winning shots? Oh, oh you're a hater. We're not going into <laughs> LeBron James. Okay, two more people to grade really quickly with no explanation. Phil Snow, what grade would you give him? I have to go with a B, and I have no justification for it. I just feel like a B is the right answer. Okay, I'm going to give Phil Snow a B plus. Okay. I feel like he was given a very young defense. And they, I'd like to see improvement over the season. Okay. Joe Brady, what kind of, what grade are you giving Joe Brady? C. Okay. C. C. Uh, with Joe Brady, I'm going to be honest with you. I think he's overrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people make a lot of excuses for him. Um, with the criticism that Teddy Bridgewater gets, and I'm not saying what, I'm not defending it or getting upset at it, but with him being the OC, I feel like he should show to someone that blame. I have seen none of it. Okay. Uh, instead, what I have seen is him uh, moving up in the ranks of the next potential head coach somewhere. And mm-hmm. that just doesn't vibe with me that, that Teddy takes up. Granted, Teddy, he's a quarterback. He's on the field and all that good stuff. Brady's, Brady's the OC. You, this is who you put on the field. Mind you, you have a third rounder actually sitting two slots behind him because you have an XFL that's sitting behind behind Bridgewater, but this is who you decide is your best playmaker. So um, I haven't seen the criticism that I feel like he deserves. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of why I give him my grade. Okay. I, I, I'll go with C also. Okay. Not, not because he hasn't shoulder blame, although he probably deserves some of that blame. Um, just because I didn't see enough from him the, I think the the times where I liked his play calling and the times where I didn't like his play calling were pretty equal. And so, see. And if we and if we go back to if we do the whole fourth quarter thing because that's money time. Um, the one one of uh, Bridgewater's most infamous plays was when he basically threw the crossing route. I think it was like fourth and six, and he threw the crossing route, and it was an incomplete play. My thing was, why make that play call? Why, why make a call where two of your receivers are doing uh, five-yard crossing routes and it's fourth and six? Why are they not running deeper crossing routes? And then that has to beg the question, does Teddy Bridgewater have the ability to even audible out of that play call, which I don't think so because for two weeks straight, Matt Rule threw him Yeah, you're call. a fan. I find that very interesting. Huh? Yeah, you're a fan. Listen. I, okay, uh, we're moving on. Oh my God! We're moving on because you just caught. I don't understand it. Can I? Can I not be unbiased though? That is no. There's no. If you said Teddy Bridgewater does not have the capability to audible out of a call, no. Are you saying? Are you saying that they aren't giving him permission to? They aren't giving. I'm I'm questioning whether or not he does have that ability. Because well, what is it? What has happened when Teddy has gone rogue? Has it worked out well for him? (laughs) <laughs> okay, if you're just now tuning in, you listen to Carolina Bliss, the radio show on ESPN 730. We're going to switch gears a little bit or probably a lot of bit. So the Charlotte Hornets, they're three and five early into the season with wins against the Nets, Mavericks and Atlanta. Most recently, one of the major stories so far is the play of Devonte Graham. He's struggling from the field. He's shooting 26 percent from the floor, a little bit better from three, 31.7 percent. Meanwhile, LaMelo Ball, 40.5% from the floor, 34.4% from three. Is it time to start LaMelo Ball? No. 
No, you're tripping. No, it's not. No, and, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. When Lamella Ball was drafted, I actually was on the Under Construction podcast. We did like a live draft feed mm-hmm. and all this stuff, right? And Jamal asked me the question. He said, "Hey, so what? Do you start Lamella Ball?" I said, "No. You bring him off the bench for about two months, and you okay. work him into um, the starting role." So I think I think JB is trying to hold on to that plan. And even with as bad as Devontae Graham is playing, um, as far as his shooting goes, he's still leading the team in assists right now. I think he's averaging about seven assists. Six, six point, six point three, six point okay. eight, something six, like that. Six point three assists a game. So even with his shooting woes, he's still. Um, running the offense. Now, I will say this. Um, if they if he were to make the change and tonight they play the Pelicans, so um with him playing against his brother, it would be it would make for a great story. They're on ESPN, mm-hmm. all that good stuff or whatnot. If JB makes the change, he's justified because um the, the shooting roles you really can't justify that. My hopes were that uh Graham and Ball were to start together. But Terry has said, listen, I'm playing pretty good right now. He's making a case yeah. to remain a starter. So I would like to see maybe one more month of basketball. However, if JB did make the change and put a ball into the starting lineup, he's justified in my opinion. Yeah, you mentioned Terry Rozier. He's averaging 20.6 points per game, shooting 47.4 from the field and 44.3 from three. So I don't know if anybody expected Terry to come on like that, but I guess he saw young buck get drafted and he was like, yo, I got to do something to protect my job. Listen, you don't draft a player like LaMelo ball to have him sit on the bench. I don't like that. Sorry. You don't draft a player like LaMelo ball who garners the amount of attention that he garners. Let me tell you, I've, I've said this on this show before. I don't watch preseason basketball. Okay. Period. I barely really, because I cover so much college basketball, I barely really get into the NBA until after college basketball season is over with. I watched every last Hornets preseason game. Why? Because LaMelo Ball in transition on the break is something so beautiful to watch. (laughs) Like, you don't draft a player like, it's like somebody, and I'm not saying he's Zion, but really low key, as far as popularity goes, as far as uh, noti- notoriety, name, name recognition, he's up there. You don't draft that type of player to sit him on the bench for Devontae Graham. I don't care how many assists he has per game. Like if you're a business person, you want LaMelo Ball in the game because you know he's going to do something or make some kind of play that's going to be on SportsCenter. So I want that. They not putting Devontae Graham on Sports Center. Oh. Like the, Devontae Graham making a three or bounce pass assist, Lane <laughs> Jane. That's not going on Sports Center. LaMelo Ball's no looks, like his stuff, that's going on Sports Center. I give me that. Inject but that. Do, in we my want, do we want to be on Sports Center? Or yes. Do we right wins? now, yes. Do we, but do we want to get more wins? Because you, you mentioned, you mentioned, the, you mentioned, you mentioned being a business person earlier, putting him on there, blah, 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 blah. Yes. But let's speak from a basketball point of view. You said you watched all the preseason games. You've watched all the Hornets games. Um, well, not all, but I, I've been attentive. Did you see how bad LaMelo Ball was shooting in the beginning? He's gotten better now. He, is de- he has definitely <laughs> gotten better. But, ha- but I just gave you Devontae Graham's numbers. I, I gave just you- gave them to you. They're worse. 
They're worse than LaMelo balls. They are. They are. And, and, and again, you make, you make an excellent argument. I just feel that with LaMelo ball, with the attention that he garners right now, with him being so young, mm -hmm. I don't see the problem in, in letting him adapt to the NBA game and then, and then making him a starter another month from now. Nah, let, let, let that man adapt via experience. Like, and no no need for him to come behind Devontae Graham. Matter, matter of fact, I wouldn't be mad if Devontae Graham transitioned into uh, uh, pop off the bit. Like, he, he'll, he'll have to get his three-point shot back, but yeah. he's going to be the guy you bring off the bench, and you need a bucket. You need some threes. You need to spread the court because he's such a three-point threat. He's going to be that guy. And yeah. so... Let these roles change now. I don't know what they're waiting on. I, that's my thing. I mean, what's the point in waiting? All right. If you're doubt, just now tuning in, you listen, Carolina Blitz, the radio show on ESPN 730, the game. We're going to go to our final segment, Blitz or Block. I'm going to pose a question to Vince. Vince is going to decide whether he's going to blitz it or block it. We'll have a brief discussion if there's time. All right. Joe Brady, we graded him earlier. He's a hot name on the head coaching vacancies list. He's had at least, I think, two or three interviews. But it's a block. Brady did enough with the Panthers to get a head coaching gig. Block. Block. Like, no, like. Block. Okay. block. I'm blocking it also. Block. Like I, 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 And I get it. Everybody's chasing the McVeigh. Um, and and there, <laughs> there's a bit of privilege that's wrapped up in this in this coaching search. Yeah. Uh, and it can't you it can't be understated, but you know, I, I just don't you, see it. I'll give you a, a, a real life scenario. It was Lovey Smith's last season in Tampa Bay, and I believe they went seven and nine. They could have easily went nine, no six and ten, and they could have easily went ten and six a year. They lost a few games close, mm -hmm. but the offense looked awesome, right? And the uh, the OC at the time, I can't remember his name, but he was like the hottest name in the NFL about to be the next coach. So what did Tampa Bay do? They fired Lovey and they promoted him from OC to HC. And then what happened? Two years later, he's no longer at HC. So that's what I would see what happened with 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 Brady here. Yeah, and and you know, I don't know. It it it, it bothers me on some levels, but yeah. we're not gonna go. We're both blocking it. All right. One of the biggest questions heading into the offseason is what the Panthers will do with the eighth pick in the draft if they should go after a quarterback to replace Teddy Bridgewater. Blitzer block that the Panthers should draft Bridgewater's replacement this year. Block. Oh, block. Okay, real block. quick, why? This has nothing to do with actual <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, but a good offensive line can make a, a mediocre quarterback look better than what he actually is. But a quarterback, no matter your skill set, you need an offensive line. Going to um going if you look at Carolina's draft history, they have never drafted the last time they drafted the offensive lineman in the first round was 2008. It's been over in the, an entire who decade. was that? Uh, I believe it was Ota. Oh, okay, I, I was waiting on you to say who it was. Listen, don't 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 try to say that and then and then not mention who it was. Like was Jeff Ota lasted all of like I don't even know if he played five games for the yeah. Panthers, low key. Like it was, it was, a, he fizzled out very quickly. Yeah, yeah, but, but still though, still, I, I think you have to invest in your offensive line and with them picking at eight, I don't think there's a quarterback in that area uh, on the draft board right now that they should be looking at. So I, there, now there are two offensive linemen. I think one's projected fifth. I think another's projected 10th and one's from Oregon. The other one is from Virginia Tech. And I think they should go offensive line. 
blitz a blitz <laughs> all out sending the house blitz if you oh. have if you have a quarterback at number eight if you have uh if you have a decent quarterback at number eight you pull that trigger absolutely no questions blitzing all out blitz all right one more real quick okay, cool. a lot of people have criticized the signing of gordon hayward but the other night he dropped 44 points against atlanta blitz a block that hayward is already proving to be a good signing blitz blitz and and i was on that board even before um this season started i'm, I'm blitzing that 100 yeah all right and, i you know i i'm when i saw that figure i was like mm-hmm. yeah 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 well and that's the thing the hornets are a small market team Unfortunately, they have to. Now, I will agree. They overpaid him. They overpaid him. But I'm not mad at the move because this is what we have to do to get quality players here. And what a lot of people don't realize is Gordon Hayward averaged 18 points on a Boston Celtic team as a fourth option. Now, you're bringing him into Charlotte where he's going to be the bona fide number two, probably the number one. He's a small forward. Give me 20 points a game and he's justified the doggone contract. Okay. Uh, if he can stay healthy, if yeah. he can, if he can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy, I'm blitzing. So far, I'm going to blitz that he was yeah. a good signing. Yeah. All right. We're running out of time. I want to thank Vince for coming on. Um, make sure you're following him on all social media and checking out his videos that he posts on YouTube. Drop your YouTube real quick. Uh, the YouTube is uh, Vince D, but I'm a small YouTuber, so you might not be able to find it. But if you go to Instagram and just search for Vince underscore D underscore underscore, you'll find my Instagram page and uh, all my links are in my bio and you can go from there. All right. Thanks again for Vince. Um, we'll be here on ESPN 730 every Saturday at 1030. If you want to be a guest host, just make sure you hit us up. Our DMs are open. Also, make sure you're following Carolina Blitz for all of your sports and entertainment news. Keep blitzing.